0: Welcome back to another episode of the 131 Podcast. Today is episode 37, and we're joined by a familiar name. He's been on the show a couple times. I've been on his show a couple times. Ryan Hawk, what's going on, brother? Yeah, I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And Acorn, what's going on with you, bro? Not too much. We're uh, about 10 days into the league. We got a big trade today. Let's get after it. Yes, breaking news right off the bat. The Pierre Luc Dubois saga comes to an end for now. He is going to the Winnipeg Jets with a third round pick for Patrick Lyonnais and Jack Roslovich. Dude,
1: I did not. Uh, I mean, credit to uh, Mike Grinnell from Spitting Chicklets for essentially calling this up. I think this was like two or three weeks ago. And I remember listening to it and I was like, there's no way that he, he could end up in Columbus with torts. Nope, it happened. <laughs>
2: Oh man. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Dubois too. He wanted a bigger market and uh, he's going to the Columbus of Canada. So I don't know uh, if it's really what he desired, but uh, it's, yeah, I don't know, man. Where do you want to start with this? Like who wins this trade?
1: I think it's uh, my opinion. It's Winnipeg. Cause I, I could, honestly, I don't see line a fitting in in Columbus. And honestly, like I said this to Eric on the phone earlier, I was like, could we see
0: line a get dealt with the deadline to another team? There's a possibility. I honestly think this is an even trade on both sides of the the side because, um, well, Winnipeg, they get a bona fide second center. You know, PLD could play a first-line center role if he wanted to. And then the Blue Jackets, they get an elite sniper. You know, like he could put the puck in the net, and I think that's what Columbus desperately needs right now. And then Jack Rosovic, you know, he came up in the U.S. national program He's third, fourth line guy. He's gritty, so he'll fit towards his system, I believe. So I think it's a well-balanced trait on both sides.
2: Yeah, the Roslovic angle too, people don't really, uh, like apparently he's from Columbus from what, yep. what I
0: understand. So he yep. just
2: apparently was staying there as he was holding out. So it's a big win for him because, I mean, we've seen the last couple of years, nobody wants to stay in Columbus. And I think Roslovic's actually excited about the, the possibility of he got a new contract like right away too. So, I mean, I think he's excited about the possibility of playing at home. And um, and then to your point, Eric too. Yeah. I mean, when was the last time, I guess Rick Nash, maybe it was the last true sniper that Columbus ever had. And so uh, what's that? What about Panarin? (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Panarin (laughs) to me is more of a playmaker, but I mean, either way. yeah, Yeah. It's like you got this guy that can score 40 goals in a full season. No problem. So I think it's going to be a – I think Columbus kind of has the edge here because they got a guy – they got one guy who at least wants to be there. And then with Winnipeg, it's like Dubois I think will stay there for the two years. Uh, but I don't know, man. Something about this kid, he just – he kind of rubs me the wrong way now.
0: Yeah, I could I could see what you're saying from there, Ryan. But I do want to say the thing about Liney though, is that he's a game-breaker. Like – Yeah. It's it's not that he just puts up goals like he can break a game open and take the game over. So I think that's what Columbus uh, definitely has been searching for because they're they're one of those gritty teams. You know they they win by committee. Yeah. But now they get a guy who can take over a game, and he can get the minutes and he's gonna put the puck in the net.
1: Yeah. The other thing, uh, going back to what you said, Ryan. The so Rostovic signed a two year. I think I believe it's one point nine each year, so three point eight. So one point nine AAV. Um, this kid, I they gotta try him out at I think in the top six to begin. He needs he needs a shot because this kid could shoot the like guys that play the US development program with them, like Matthews, Kachuk, Hughes, like these players are all saying this kid can like he's very skilled and he can shoot the puck. And I mean, you going back to I I now maybe I'm rescinding my statement about maybe Winnipeg winning this one, because if he, he could be the X factor in steel.
2: Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's exactly it. Like Columbus, I was thinking about this earlier, like, okay. So they had Jeff Carter didn't want to be there. Like, you know, now he got Dubois who, I mean, that sucks. He drafted this kid third overall and within a couple of years he wants out, like they need guys that want to stay. I mean, at least, you know, I found it ironic too, up here in Canada, like people aren't really going after Dubois for being a bit of a prima donna and all this. And I thought if he was Russian, they'd be all over him, right? And we saw Panarin was the shining example when you don't want to be somewhere. You still show up every game. You still play your your heart out. And then you leave on good terms, right? And Dubois, you think about these two guys, man, Liney's last shift as a jet. He scored the overtime winning goal, uh, I think against Calgary. DuBois' final shift was losing a puck battle to Tyler Johnson and then getting benched for bad. the rest of yeah for the rest of the game and it's like that's your legacy in Columbus.
1: Yeah, and I I did see something too. Marion Gabrick, uh which was so random. Did you see that on Twitter? He like I did. it was like it was like uh the show in the clip of Panarin being the 13th forward in the middle of the bench. And it was like even the Beatles broke up like get over it essentially. Didn't did Gabrick have a stint in Columbus? He did. Yeah. Okay, then I was gonna say, I was like, why would he chime in here? And it was so random because I went back to Gabrick's Twitter. He never tweets, so I was like, Why did he go out of his way about this? And it wasn't like I was like, was he like just drunk and like wanting to stir the pot or whatever? I, this made no sense to me, but I thought it was kinda <laughs> funny. I was like,
0: Marion Gabrick like
1: like he I mean, he's he, Torrell
0: fucking hated him.
2: Yeah.
0: He so. was there for a short time. I think it was after The Kings? I know it was before the Kings, after Minnesota. It was, it was after New York. Cause, it was after yeah, the Rangers, I think. Yeah, it, it, uh,
2: yeah, who did he get traded for, though? I can't remember.
1: Was it Nash in that deal? It might, might have been Rick Nash, actually, yeah. Yeah, because you think about it, yeah, Nash. Yeah, that might be. I have to look that up. That sounds kind of bad, but, I mean,
0: that was so long ago. Maybe yeah, I know. Still That's can't crazy. believe Rick Nash was a boss in Bruin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, but he got concussed, like, in the second round. But uh, speaking of the East, let's move on to the Mass Mutual East Division and talk about some news there. We'll start off with the Washington Capitals. Ryan, this is your team. Ovechkin, Samsonov, Kuznetsov, and Orlov are all suspended for four games due to breaking COVID protocol. I will leave this one up to you. I I don't know.
2: I get get that there's, like, rules in place for these guys, but – I mean, come on, you know, they're on the bench. There was a picture online of Ovechkin and Kuznetsov as close as me to this mic after they, they scored a goal, you know, and it's like, and then they're in the hotel room and that's a problem. Like, yeah, I think, I think with all sports right now, honestly, I was watching some NBA highlights and it's kind of, it's all just optics, right? I mean, the coach on the NBA, uh, on the side of the court, he's got his mask down and everything and then camera pans over and he's like, whoops, and, you know, pops it back up. I think it's just the league, uh, Elliot Friedman had said that uh, I guess in the States, I don't know, you know, it's different obviously where you guys are, but in the U.S. I guess, there's like some kind of cross state line agreement that the NHL has and the NHL has to make sure these, the players aren't breaking quarantine because they've been given exceptions on, you know, if you're crossing state lines, you have to quarantine for X amount of time. So yeah. I see that side of it, but from a, a, a pure biased caps fan and, and it had to be the four Russians, of course, um it's it sucks because i think they're they're gonna be missing some time here too they're missing like two or three games
1: yeah i believe it's four total is what i read um but the other thing that was really weird and i mean anyone can voice their opinion did you see the thing with ovechkin's wife that she she put up (laughs) i didn't want uh, so she essentially said they have antibodies (laughs) yeah (laughs) which i mean whatever but that's it's not a when i saw that and i was like really like they made it sound so much worse than what it really was. But I think, I mean, I'm glad Washington's leading the league right now. I think they can kind of, I mean, it's still early, but still four games and a 56 game schedule is a lot.
0: So hopefully I I still think they're going to, them and Philly are going to be the top two teams out of this division. Yeah, I agree, man. I was going to say like on a lighter note, Washington is leading this division and, you know, a name that, you know, I wasn't, he wasn't really on my radar, but their backup, uh, Vanek, neck, van neck neck, some Vanacek. of that check. Yeah. Van right. You gotta be happy with his play, Ryan. You know, we didn't even, I didn't even know this guy was going to be backing up Samson, uh, Samsonoff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean the, the caps, they didn't really have like a ton of goaltending depth compared to like the Islanders or the, the Rangers or anything like that. But even with the loss of Lundquist, they still had some guys in the pipe and you know i mean holby's doing okay here in vancouver he's actually the number 1 guy right now um so i mean that kind of sucks it would be nice to i still wish he was a capital but um I, I, the caps yeah i mean i think laviolette is the biggest change to this team i don't think and i think chara coming into the locker room too i think has been uh, an effect as well i don't think that you know no one's expecting him to be big z the norris trophy winner from 2009 but him and Laviolette coming into the locker room compared to, you know, I mean, Todd Reardon, man, that how many pictures of Todd Reardon on the Caps bench where he's just like,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's, he you seems know, it's more like an assistant. Uh, also, I don't think Curtis yeah. Lazar wants to mess with Char ever again.
2: No. That was bad. No, I, I mean, I, did you guys see the tweets that Tom Wilson and TJ Oshi tweeted out of them getting dummied by by Char? <laughs> and yeah. Like, it's like, Thank go- God we don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And uh, speaking
1: of players that have been hot in the, uh, caps tom wilson man he's uh looked pretty fucking good so far got him on my fantasy team baby say what <laughs> you want any t- any any team would love to have tom wilson on their roster there, he's a dying breed there's not there's no one like tom wilson in the league right now
2: no i mean josh anderson's close but yeah yeah wilson's i mean you know it took him a little, little bit of time i mean adam oates was trying to make him a fourth line enforcer but uh he's a guy now yeah 20 goal He'll get in it. I mean, I Eric, I don't know what your fantasy league's like if they count hits as well. But oh, I mean he's yeah, he he's a he's a fantasy league god, I think. When you you factor in, he can get you forty to fifty points and then block shots on the penalty kill and, and then he can truck guys.
0: I was just about to say, dude, one of his stat lines for the night was two goals, two points, ten hits.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And like three blocks. And I'm like, dude, this fills all my categories. And they were power play <laughs> points too. That that was the thing. <laughs> so yeah. but He's actually, I think he suffered a lower body injury last in last night's game, so he could miss a game or two, depending on the severity of it. Yeah. But let's look at the bottom of the standings, and they are both from New York: the Buffalo Sabers and the New York Rangers. I mean, besides like Hall, Hall and Eichel have been good.
1: So I think they've they've done their part. They've had their guy, if you want to say that. But this Buffalo team, they're still, they still got a couple of years left to be re- like good. They're they're not going to be good this year. I don't think they're going to be good next year. Um, but that's just my two cents so far. Watching them, uh, I'm happy to see Cousins get his first, but still, just not a great team.
2: Uh, I mean, the Sabers are just. I feel bad for Eichel. Like, yeah. And I mean, I feel bad for Buffalo. I understand. I'm not an NFL guy, but I understand the Bills are doing pretty good right now but the Sabres need to get into the playoffs. Like we need to see Jack Eichel in the playoffs because I think he's a top 10 player in the league and (laughs) I feel bad for him because you think about what a fine line it was for him, you know, could have been a first overall pick and a generational guy comes in. And and not only that, you know, (laughs) you think back to 2014, they picked Sam Reinhardt. Well, who went after Sam, Uh, you know, getting Leon Dreisaitl could have changed the course of the Buffalo Sabres uh, entire franchise. Right. So, I'd love to see. I think I think Hall's gone myself after this year. I think this was just yep. a one and done. Get my eight and 0 and and bail. But uh,
0: for for the league's
2: sake, we need to see Jack.
0: Yeah. So I do want to point out, Ryan, what you said about the draft. Imagine if Jack Eichel lands with the Oilers. How would that change anything?
2: Well, I think I think it's still all the same, right? I mean, if they if they draft Drysaddle the year before and they draft Yamamoto and yarby and and all you know, I, I think it's all pretty much the, the same. I think we're just seeing Eichel in the playoffs for three out of six years and you know, McDavid, if he goes second to Buffalo, then we're we're not seeing McDavid in the playoffs at all. So um I don't know, man. I just like I love Buffalo hockey. Like I, I think that the fan base is so passionate. They're kinda of like Winnipeg in a way, where it's a smaller, uh smaller market, so to speak, but they're way more passionate than, you know, some of the bigger the bigger cities for sure.
1: Yeah, 100%. And going back, it just was so cool seeing, like, the the Tim Conley, Breer, Miller days. They were nasty back when
0: they wore those beautiful black and red jerseys. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, Buff- the Buffalo Sabres organization as a whole, like, they have a really rich history. You know what I'm saying? They do go back to, like, the 70s and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I would like to see them back in the playoffs because I know they're, like you said, Ryan, electric fan base. They're very passionate. But I just want to stick on the theme of first overall picks. And this guy, he's pointless through five games. Alexi Lafreniere with the Rangers. He's going to get going eventually, but no points in five games. This could be worse. This could be worse if there were fans in the stands
1: for this. Would you agree? Because, I mean, the bright light. I mean, I don't i don't think this is anything to be worried about. But still like, you know, we saw Stutzel get his goal. You've seen Cousins get his goal. Um, you've seen. I don't, I really don't even think he should count for rookie of the year's Kaprizov. I I think there's got to be a, a new cap at a certain age. Like if you're over 21, you shouldn't be able to be rookie of the year. But still, like I wonder if you if he is kind of like shit. Like these guys have gotten going, and I'm not. And I mean, as a whole, like I, I don't think the Rangers have looked collectively good. um uh, That Heedle goal last night was amazing, and. But watching them play the Islanders, you just see a playoff team and a non-playoff team.
2: Well, and, and so my producer uh, on the Hockey Minute, Matt, is a diehard Ranger fan. I was talking to him about this. Uh, David Quinn is just doing all kinds of weird stuff. Like, it's it's really strange. I guess he's moving Lafreniere from, like, third line up to second and then bounce him around. And then apparently, like, he didn't even pick him for the shootout. And, um, you know, it's I think it's yeah. just deployment. And I think it's a little bit of almost like dysfunction right now for the Rangers where Lafreniere can't get going. But the other thing too, is I saw the game against the Penguins and they, they had a chart up and it was like Sidney Crosby, Alexi Lafreniere. And they were talking about how they were both first overall picks in the queue. And then the NHL, they both played from Ramouski, And it's like, I wonder if maybe a little bit of that is getting to this kid where he's, he's labeled as, a you know, possibly the next big, you know, Patrick Kane type franchise winger and it's like dude you're, you're four games into your career like just lets everyone pump the brakes on the 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 you know the Crosby uh, parallels as well yeah and like one one thing
1: I always think about now like with uh like superstars like look at Nathan McKinnon for his like year two and three yeah. he even said it himself he thought he was just going to be like an average player and then then he broke out and like year year five was kind of his coming out party so it does take some time with different players and I think too It also depends on what situation you're in. Like, it can't be easy being a rookie with the New York Rangers. They're an original six. It's in New York. Again, no fans. I think it would be a little bit worse. I wonder if, like, as as bad as it sounds, would
0: he be getting booed right now if if he was pointless? Like, I don't don't know. It's just something that I thought about. I don't think he'd be necessarily getting booed because the Rangers fan base is very loyal. So I would and i'm not and i'm not too particularly concerned with like having no points through five games cuz i know he's going to get going when the rangers get on a streak man because when panarin and zabinjad get going like i think he's going to get going as well it's just a matter of when am i going to get that first gino is that a monkey off the back situation and then he just starts tearing it up we'll, we'll see how it goes though and i'm not like i said like i'm not too concerned with it but it is something like, you see all these other rookies potting their first. You know, that Stutzel goal is amazing. That's a highlight reel goal right there. And then Kaprizov just swinging his big dick around in overtime, like, looking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys
2: think that we're at an age, though, where there's so much expectation on young players coming in? Like... I mean, we had a streak there where it was like McDavid, then Matthews. He sure is kind of like whatever. But yeah. Darlene was really hyped. Jack Hughes was really hyped. Now you've got Lafreniere really hyped. And do you think that it's like almost too much pressure for, for these young guys getting drafted to come in? And, and like, like the expectation for Lafreniere was like, you know, he's going to have five goals in his first five games. And NHL 21 said he's going to score 1,500 points in his career. So why mm-hmm. hasn't he done that yet?
0: Yeah, I think when you have, like, a McDavid go, the expectation that follows is, like, genera- generational talent, generational talent, generational talent, which is, it's not the case at all. Yeah, yeah and I think, too, it's just the social media nowadays
1: and all this shit that they can do, and, I mean, I think it was different. Like, Crosby, Cro- like, when Crosby came in in 05, 06, that's, like, the... The world and the media was so much different now than it is. There isn't as much coverage. There Twitter wasn't a thing. Instagram wasn't a thing. Like NHL didn't have like these simulators. I I just think it's it's almost unfair to these players. Like I get they're so they're amazing players, but like the pressure that they have coming in is just insane. And it's not like say what you want. Yeah, they're making millions, but like you don't know what's going on in their heads when they see shit like this and they're not living it up to expectations because you can only. I mean, that's got to be tough to deal with, especially when you're being labeled as a generational talent for sure.
0: Yeah, man, I couldn't have said it better than myself. Um, Just one last thing before we uh, transition over to the North division. Who's your X factor team in this division? Like who could make a sneaky surprise to the playoffs this year? I'm going to go with the Islanders.
2: Yeah, I was going to say Islanders are probably like, I think the caps and the flyers are going to do well. Yeah. Penguins, I think are declining. I think the way that the Islanders have been trending. And they got Barzell under contract and, and everything like that. I think that it's going to be probably they're they're the X factor, but I, I still don't think they're going to make as much noise as maybe what uh,
0: what their fan base thinks. What do you got, Eric? I gotta like I gotta I gotta spice this up a little bit. I have to go against the grain here. New Jersey Devils, lock me in right now. All right,
1: Mister Hot Take. Did you- <laughs> Ryan, did you hear about his little hot take about Cole Perfetti a couple months ago and he got absolutely demolished by uh, Winnipeg Jets Reddit?
2: No, you, I've heard you guys talk about it, but I, I didn't hear it. What did he say? Like best player of his draft class or something?
1: No, he's like, oh, hot take. He's going to win the call there. And they're all <laughs> like,
2: go fuck
0: yourself. <laughs> they were like, they're like, yeah, he'll play nine games this year. That's it. Yeah, And then some yeah. guy was like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um,
1: but yeah, let's transition into the Canadian division, boys. Uh, uh, not breaking news, but some bad news out of uh, Leaf Leaf Country, Leafs Nation. Joe Thornton out and definitely with a fractured rib. When he when we saw that happen, it looked like it, almost like a wrist injury, and I was thinking more of what happened to Doc. The way he was like clenched down, it looked really awkward and. Some even like the medical guys that are around the NHL that have Twitters were like, oh, this could be similar to what happened to Kirby Doc." And uh, say what you want. I think this does hurt the Leafs immensely, even though, I mean, Joe Thornton isn't the same superstar he was, but I think he was a huge addition to that dressing room.
2: Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's called the Scotiabank North Division, actually, not just the Canadian North Division. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we, we, Yeah, the NHL should pay us for the plug but uh it's it, you know what it's funny up here like we're a week and a half into the season there's already been three different articles from three different canadian cities going on about how like the canucks they got to blow it up the oilers they got to blow it up the leafs who are leading the the division yeah they got to figure some things out cuz they're not going to win the stanley cup and it's just typical canadian media but i mean it's it's really there's no like middle class in this it's either you know Leafs and, and Calgary look pretty good Montreal's played pretty good and then it's just like Vancouver and Ottawa and, and I hate to say it but Edmonton's not looking like they're gonna make much noise this year either and it's just there's no real
0: like middle ground in this yeah man and for the Maple Leafs like this is this is a year where they <laughs> it's funny like you hope that they get past the first round <laughs> but it's so tough for them and You know, bringing Joe Thornton in was kind of like, not necessarily a lifeline per se, but like you get the veteran leadership, you know, which I already think is good. Your Tavares is your captain, but I think this hurts a little bit. But I didn't, I didn't really peg Joe Thornton to be an impact player this season. I don't think a lot of people did. So no, man, like, like up here in Canada, when
2: that signing happened, there was straight up just people being like, oh, can you imagine? Joe Thornton passing the puck toss to Austin Matthews. Matthews is going to get 50 goals in this shortened season. It was like, Joe Thornton can't keep up with those guys. And then they they played him on the first line, I think, in the first game with Matthews and Marner. And it was watching it, I was like, yeah, like Marner and Matthews are skating up ice and Thornton's trailing. And it's just like <laughs> That's you know, how it's, it's gonna be. Yeah, right. And and it's look, I mean, when Washington signed Chara and Lundquist, I wasn't like, they're getting a free Norris and Vesna winner. Like, oh my gosh anyone that thought Thornton was going to come in and and play top line minutes I think is kidding themselves because it's like Marlowe yeah and it's like put him on the you know the bottom six more Mm -hmm. than anything he's going to be a guy that can sit in the dressing room and talk to these young guys that all sign their big tickets and stop trying and say listen I've made 120 million in my life and you know no one will remember you unless you win a Stanley Cup like it's great that you got your you know your your awards and whatnot but Joe's the kind of guy that'll will kind of center those young players, but I don't see Toronto signing Joe Thornton and suddenly changing everything about their team. Yeah. Uh,
1: but just look at the division boys, Montreal uh top the division. How do you guys feel about that? How do you th- how do you think they've looked so far for their their
0: first 5 games? Dude, I I love watching them play. So I got the NHL TV package this year cuz Obviously, I'm I'm over in Hawaii. So I've been watching a, a lot of those uh, Canadian teams play. And, dude, like I literally watched the Toffoli hat trick, and I'm like, this team looks fucking sick, dude. And you still have Carey Price. Like Carey Price can steal a game game on his own. So I'm not surprised at Montreal. I think I actually had Montreal as like – I was going to ask a question at the end, obviously, but as that X-Factor team, though, you know, the one that can make some noise this year. So I'm really impressed with them. I'm actually really impressed with how Claude, uh, Claude is coaching this team because yeah. you and I have both talked about how Claude, you know, he runs an old system, like what he did with the Bruins. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think Claude would be back, honestly, after what happened in the bubble.
1: Um, that was scary as hell. But, yeah, I didn't think, um, like, like Suzuki or one of these, like, like Cockney Emmy players, like, that don't work in Claude's system. Like, Bergeron's, like – it's Bergeron. Like usually, I mean, there's a reason Sagan didn't work in Boston with Claude. I don't think David Posternock would have worked well with Claude, but yeah, they look great. Tyler Foley can't stop scoring goals. Apparently.
2: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, Montreal, they get it done by committee. Like you look at their forward group, there's no real game breakers um, per se, but I mean, they got guys like Dano is, is severely underrated. Uh-huh. Suzuki looks like he's going to be a player. Cock is going to get better. And then on the blue line, they got a pretty solid blue line in that division too. Uh, one of the better defensive uh, you know top defensive groups so um, I think it's going to be I think you're right I think they're going to be the x-factor in this division because a lot of people didn't really expect too much from them but uh, I think it's like a steady veteran presence and it's not uh, the young run and gun guys
0: yeah I was just about to say like Toffoli's getting all the headlines lately but Jeff Petrie he's got like five or six apples and in five games I think he's been playing really well.
2: Who was he drafted by?
0: Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> Does dad play baseball? I don't know. You're always uh, going to throw a little bit of Edmonton shade
1: when you can. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, he's looked awesome. That uh, Romanovs looks pretty good, too. Um, yeah. I didn't expect him to be making this much of an impact. Um, another player that I, I, I feel like he goes under the radar for how productive he is over his career, uh, especially the last, last year with the Habs, is Tatar. Yeah yeah Tatars yeah. looked pretty good so far um anderson i think that was a great i think the acquiring of anderson and to were huge for this team yeah
2: man yeah anderson, anderson is a beast yeah he's yeah, the he's next tom, he's tom wilson light right i mean yep. so that's like the seven years we'll see if that was a great move but to get him in the first place i thought it was like you yep. know his first couple of games he looked unbelievable yeah, it's like
1: almost like a poor man's, I want to say, like Matthew Kachuk kind of is not that. I don't know. It's like that kind of sandpaper game, but I don't think he's like Tom Wilson like is like physical, but that's
0: kind of where I see those three players kind of. I will say one area that I think Montreal needs to clean up their game if they want to be at the top of the division is taking fucking penalties. They took seven penalties in one game against the Canucks, and then they took five in the second game. So actually sorry, they took seven penalties against the Oilers, and then they took five penalties against the Canucks. So I think they need to clean that area up in their game. So I I have high hopes for the Montreal team. I don't I don't particularly follow them, but I think with this year, I think I will. But you already mentioned his name, Acorn Matthew Kachuk. He's with the Calgary Flames. And Calgary's off to a great start. Uh, Markstrom coming in in free agency. He's looked great. Ryan, you got any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I think out here in Vancouver, like, uh, a lot of people are upset, right? Calgary took, like, four or five Canucks. Plus, like, a, I think they took one of the coaches, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – Calgary, like, they – they're building their team in a way that it's going to be around Matthew You could chalk from here on out. Like, do you guys think good is going to be a Calgary flame within the next two, three years? No, I thought for sure he was going to the
1: flyers. He's he's from that area there. I read it that like from multiple like credible sources, like guys that are very close, that there was a deal in place that was going to send Voracek there and Goudreau to, um to Philly. And I, I feel like the trade, the trade rumors with Goudreau have been going on for like the last two or three years. So I don't I don't think he's like I don't expect him to be a flame by like 2023 or 2022. So that's just my two cents. But I think this team like Matthew Kachuk will be their next captain once Giordano is gone. And I think I I pretty much like I see Kachuk as their captain now. If that makes sense. Um, the the Swedes look really good to Lindholm. Yeah, going back to that trade that that was so dumb by Carolina. Was that the uh, Hamilton trade? Yeah, with Adam Fox, and then Adam Fox just said, fuck it, I'm going to be a New York Ranger.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I think Calgary is another team that X-factor material. I mean, if they didn't run into the Dallas Stars last last year in the playoffs, I honestly couldn't tell you what the fuck went wrong in that series. They were leading 3-0, and a the Chuck got hurt. Yeah, it was a game four. They were up 3-0, and they yeah. – blew it but yeah flames i think they're good they're they're a lock this year for a playoff spot um acorn let's discuss the oilers or do you want to start <laughs> let's how about a public apology
2: to Jujar Kara, my boy <laughs> family friend. i didn't
0: i i think it was eric not me i think it was i think i said something about kyra and i was like Yo, you see that on twitter <laughs> I mean, yeah, the play where he basically gave up on when he was trailing to the net. Yeah, I was
1: like, I think that's gonna do it here for Jujar Carrot. Um but, all right, all right. All right,
0: let's talk about the goalie situation.
1: That I don't think is the issue. The issue is guys like Kyle Terras aren't scoring. Yes he Pully RVs not scoring. Yes, yes, he RVs looking like a new player or a completely different player than he was when he was here originally. I think he's gonna earn himself a spot up um with McDavid and uh Rnh. Uh I don't think Zach cassian has been great. I don't see him doing much. I think you're going to see him bump down the third or fourth line. Um, but the the best player right now for the Edmonton Oilers is hands down, Yamamoto. He's been great. I don't see any issues with his game. Slater Cuckoo's been pretty good uh, for late signing. I think he's been their best defenseman. Tyson Barry, I don't think, has been what – we ex- I expect him to be – I don't think Darnell Nurse has been great, and I don't think Adam Larson has been great. So I think the issues is- are really on the back end in the bottom six. I don't think you have any issues with your top six, and I don't really think goaltending has been that bad either.
0: You have to imagine that they're missing
1: Clef Bomb. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, they did get James Neal back. James Neal will not play in the top six. He'll be on the P- the power play one, and that's and playing the bottom six. Yeah. Tyler Ennis needs to step it up. Torres needs to step it the fuck up. And I don't know, man. I could see them getting hot, or I could just see them being dog shit the entire year. I don't think. It, I think it's it goes either that way or the other. I don't think there's them being like consistent. I don't know. Not looking great right now.
2: What have you noticed with McDavid though? Because um, I, I watched a game the other night and he was looking a little bit discouraged and and almost stopped trying.
1: Yeah, I think he's. I think he realizes what. They have. I don't. I don't think it's any better than it was last year. um And I could I, I think frustration starting to build up because he went pointless in that first game, and everyone the everyone thought the, the sky was falling. Then he had four points in the second game and looked awesome. I mean, he's still over point per game right now. But yeah, I I, I totally agree with what you're saying. They they got to if he can get Rv going, man. I, they could really do some damage i know like they, they're still producing but they need they need five on five play they can't rely on the power plays and their power play has been dog shit they were like oh for six against the uh, canucks in the like i don't know if it was the i think it might have been their third game and they just i mean against the habs the habs just dismantled them didn't really i really did not like the way they played um it seems like McDavid and Dreiselt will work the, the sides and the power play, and then like, they'll dish the puck out into the danger zone and guys like Chazon or whoever else can't do anything in front. So it's it's been brutal.
0: I was going to say, I was listening to one of the latest Chicklets episodes, and I actually texted you this acorn that there's potential that McDavid could be on the move be- I, I in, don't, the, in I, the next I, three I years. Wait.
1: Yeah, I mean Wayne Gretzky got traded, so anything's possible. Just, I mean, you're either gonna have to keep Dryslede or, or uh, McDavid. I mean, and they really need to get Broberg and Bouchard up and playing. I don't think I think their upgrades. I don't think you'll see Bouchard. I don't think you'll see Broberg this year. But they need to insert Bouchard soon. This is bad. Like their back end sucks. Like I can't stand La- Laguson. I can't stand like Adam Larson hasn't been great. Barry, I really hope he starts like finding his game and being Tyson Barry. But motherfucker, like Dar- Darnell Nurse is,
0: I I just can't. <laughs> it's it's rough, man. Because this team on paper is you know more than decently good. It's 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 quite the uh, what's the word I'm looking for conundrum, if you will, anomaly. <laughs> um but yeah dude tough situation in oil country hope that it hope hope that it works out for them ryan any ending thoughts on the oilers
2: (laughs) still haven't heard that apology guys um no i think it's it's not (laughs) not coming (laughs) no i I mean i agree with a lot of what acorn just said i mean you can't i think a part of it too is i'm going to disagree slightly that the goaltending isn't the problem because they're waiting for a 38 year old Mike Smith to come back, and I don't yeah. know if they ha- did they have anybody in the system goaltending wise coming well, up. Like, no,
1: they have Skinner. Really. But the thing they they fucked up with was the whole thing of releasing Anton Forsberg, and then the guy went on like three different. Yeah, then got. I thought for sure they were going to get Aaron Dell, and I was like, okay, that's. I mean, he's a backup, but yeah, I. Eh, I don't know. That I I, yeah. I don't think Koskinen's played bad yet, but. I don't think so far he's the issue, but their goaltending. Yeah, you're right. The when Mike, you're waiting for 38 year old Mike Smith that isn't great. And I said this to Eric: Would you would you make a
2: move to get try to get Flurry? Yeah, yeah. You Is and I it, actually yeah. talked about it the other night, right? Like it's yeah. yeah you've That's... got an influx of these younger guys, and maybe you you do have to sacrifice, uh, you know, uh, maybe an Evan Bouchard to move him and, and get Flurry. To come in and kind yeah. of solidify the goaltending. I
1: was I was thinking of guys like that are untouchable right now with the Oilers, and I don't know. I honestly I think Bouchard might be untouchable. I was thinking Rnh might have to be the piece that goes because um he's at the end of the, like the last year of his deal, and there's reports that they won't get the Oilers will will not give him more than seven million dollars. And I love Ryan and Hopkins, but if that's the case, he might have to do this move, and it might really hurt the Oilers. It could be a hit, it could be
0: a swing and a miss. Yeah, man, that's that's gonna to be tough decisions up in uh, Edmonton. But boys, let's transition over to the West Division, the Honda West Division. Top three teams in the division right now are the Golden Knights, the Minnesota Wild, and the Avalanche. Yeah, he just looks fucking good. Yeah, Mark Stone I mean.
1: looks really
2: good. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
2: Vegas looks good. Avs look good. Uh, not just with their play, but I like those, the, the blue pants too. I'm a big fan of those. You I like the blue helmet good. with that. I think it all. Yeah. You have to kind of match yeah. everything at that point. Right. Well, Like okay. when I played, we had the red helmet with red pants and red gloves and all that. But yeah, I think like my, my cup pick is the abs. I think that McKinnon, you know, yeah. and, and sorry to to continue to kind of bash the Oilers a bit, but I think when it comes down to a McKinnon McDavid debate, McKinnon looks like he doesn't care about his numbers he just wants to win a cup and I think that yeah. at this point he might be the best player not necessarily the most talented I think McDavid's the most talented yeah. but McKinnon when I watch him play I'm like this guy looks like a man on a mission and I think that his best friend is one of the most decorated hockey players ever yeah and I wonder if that's maybe in his head like this yeah. is my time now and and uh and I mean they just got Byram too uh and he looked good he looked good he he I see so much Duncan Keith and Bowen
1: Byron when he skates. Yeah. Especially that la- the lateral movement is where like I see second and none with skating. Um one thing I will say and I, I will agree, I, I do think McKinnon right now is the best player in the league. I think too, he is a little bit older than McDavid and more mature. I think McDavid, like I think McKinnon's about three or three years older. So I think I mean if you gotta
0: almost compare it, you put that in play. I think they're two different players though. Yeah. Like I like like discussed before. Go ahead, Ron. Yeah. Oh, I was just going
2: to say just about Byram, though, too. So he played for the Giants out here in Vancouver, and I watched a game before the world shut down, and uh, I saw, like, watching this kid play junior hockey was a joke. Yeah. His, like, the way, he looked like Bobby Orr out there. He was also, the way that he plays defense, which probably won't translate to the NHL quite as, as good, obviously, but, like, I was sitting, you know, Tenth row, watching this guy on on a in a junior hockey rink, and I was like, this kid is unbelievable. And as much as people talk about Makar it's yep. terrifying that they're gonna have those two guys for the next like fifteen years potentially, if all goes well for Colorado. And they have that kid, uh, is it Timmons,
1: Tibbets, Timmons? Com- yeah, and they have that kid Gerard right now, who's pretty good and t- getting tased. Like Sakic has yeah. done an amazing job with this. The, the the now and the future of the Abs, like the Abs are set to be good for like the next ten years. They just need a goalie.
2: I remember like three years ago or four years ago, people were like fire sack because he won't trade Duchesne for pennies on the dollar. And look what he turned that into. And <laughs> Yeah. <maybe seven> <laughs> yeah, that Duchesne, uh
0: Ottawa doesn't look too smart in that one now. No. I'm sure you guys have seen them, but if uh, the listeners haven't, you got to go check out one of those Steve Dangle trade trees. You'll figure out how much uh, man uh, games played you've got from all the uh, assets and stuff like that. I don't know why I can't stand that guy. He's so obnoxious. He's, too, he's a little eccentric, but uh so yeah. I just kind of skipped to like the actual trade tree. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, boys, surprising team up in the top, the Minnesota Wilds. And you gotta think that's in part to Kirill Kaprizov. That yeah. dude is sick. Uh player that I don't
1: think I mean he he had some hype coming up that hasn't really produced, but he's had a great start so far this year is Eric Snake. That mm-hmm. kid was supposed to be like, they were giving him a ton of credit when he's coming up, that he was going to be a stud. And he really wasn't productive the last couple of years coming in, but I mean, he's over a point per game right now. So um happy to see that Jordan Greenway looks pretty good too. I think I'm assuming they're all aligned. Uh, that decor we've talked about in the past is still pretty good. Dumba Spurgeon, Brody and Suter. That's probably on paper, like of depth. That might be one of the best decors in the league.
2: Yeah, I agree. Like people, still maybe don't talk about Suter like they should. I mean, he still plays 25 minutes a night and he's never yeah. going to be like a, you know, Flash. puck puck moving, you know, skate end to end kind of guy, but not everybody needs to be in order to be effective 100%. I'm happy seeing
0: Jared Spurgeon wear that C2. Yeah. This guy gets a lot of hype on the team and he's just kind of off to a slow start is uh Kevin Fiala. Um he was no. kind of there their shot like their light their light in last year's playoffs like anything that was going to happen was going to go through Fiala and he's just kind of gotten off to a slow start any uh reasons for concern there I wouldn't say yet but give it like say by game 25 he hasn't
1: started picking it up I think that's where you kind of get a little nervous
2: well that was kind of his thing in Nashville right was like he I don't know if it was more of an attitude thing or maybe he felt he should be playing a little bit more ice time or playing with better players but yeah, he got hot, and then people were saying what a what a one sided trade that was. And now it's we're kind of like, yeah, <laughs> Fiala's yeah, I mean, back to being Fiala.
1: Yeah, and like looking back, I was actually looking at the Preds. Like Grant, remember how good Granlin was when he came up? Like Timo Solani, remember at the Olympics was like this kid's going to be a stud. And like he had a couple sixty point seasons, but like he's fallen off immensely. It's 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 like almost kind of sad. He's still so young. He's only like twenty seven. So weird seeing that I thought the kid was just going to keep growing and be a stud but yeah I mean looking back I still think that's a win in Minnesota's book and Billy Garen's done a really good job with that team so
0: far as being a GM oh for sure dude um one quick question about this division which one of the California teams is gonna finish last because <laughs> 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 looking at it right now it's a little rough I'm going I'm going sharks
2: yeah
0: Really? yeah I'm, I'm a i'm a very vocal
2: anti eric carlson is the greatest defenseman ever uh guy like i you know what it's it when they signed carlson to that deal i thought you've already got brent burns why are you signing eric carlson and you have and, classic yeah and it's like you watch so i mean quick math there that's like 27 million tied up in three guys on your blue line who they're all on the wrong side of 30 yep. and i just think that it's like it's a sick joke and, and then on top of that they lose Pavelski to to keep Carlson, which was a bad call. And yeah. uh, now they've lost Thornton. And, I mean, outside of Meyer and um, Hurdle,
1: yeah.
2: who else do they got coming up that are young guys? Like that Merkley kid, there are all kinds yeah. of concerns about him and, and his yeah. attitude as well. And then in net, like they get Dubnik, and I don't think that really answers the Martin Jones <laughs> issue either. So yeah. uh, I think they're gonna be dead last and I, I actually kind of enjoy it. I, I used to feel that for the Shark fans, but yeah. after the, the whole Carlson thing and it just it was like now I think you're you're killing your team here.
1: Yeah, and Lebank hasn't really been Lebank, So no, he should have cashed in when he had a chance. Yeah, he was nice enough. Nice enough to uh, help out Doug Wilson, but I think Doug Wilson needs to go. I think he's been there too long. He had his runs like with Joe Marlow when he got Heatley, and those teams, th- one of those teams should have won a fucking cup, especially with like Dan Boyle in the back end. You had Nabokov at net when he was good, and they made it. Just sad that the Sharks never made it anywhere. And um, but yeah, I I got them pegged dead
0: last, man. They're they're in a, like a five year rebuild, if not longer yeah easily you got to imagine it kind of happens when logan couture is yeah. at the end of his career yep. uh, and then, and then he'll move on it's it sucks cuz like couture is very good like if he yep. could keep up elite production like 75 80 points a season i'd almost I, okay me with my fucking hot takes <laughs> like hall of fame material <laughs> uh. No, <laughs> not not yet. No, None. he's got to.
1: I know he's a good playoff performer, but no cup, and he's got to get to like a thousand points to even make a case. Um That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The other thing, I, I had this conversation with Eric a couple, like probably like a month ago, and it's it's going back to the the to the Ducks. Could you ever see Getzloff get moved? Because he's coming up at the end of his contract. He's gonna. He's a free agent at this this year. Would any team Go out of their way to acquire him for some secondary like thats like up the middle depth like teams that have money that could do it,
2: I think after what we saw with Corey Perry last year in Dallas and how valuable he was, yeah, absolutely like i and I mean Getlaff, I can't I honestly thought he like Perry I could see moving on at some point, yeah, and I can't see Getlaff, but at the same time, anything can happen and and yeah. I think that a team would definitely want to pick him up, I mean, especially if Anaheim maybe retains some salary and a team's trying yeah. to make a run. Yep. Then you could put him in as maybe your third-line center if you're Colorado, possibly. That's what like, I was
1: thinking. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah. You could, you could put like him that. in, like, two and, and put Naz at three.
1: Yeah.
2: That'd yeah be, I mean, that, put that'd him be... on the power play, move the puck around. Like, yeah, he can still play. It's just that, like, all these guys from that were drafted before 2005, they're just, he's just slow as hell out there. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh,
1: one player I has I, I love him, and he's a stud that really hasn't had a great start so far as O'Reilly. He's got one point in five games. Um they they looked good in that first game and then they got shit pumped. I still think the blues are a great team, but yeah, O'Reilly's gotta get going for them to be successful, especially with no Terrasanko, and then you weren't you were without Hoffman for that first game due to visa issues. Um I still love the Blues, but I still think they're the third they're probably the third best team in this division. Yeah.
2: What did you guys think of the, uh, the Tarasenko comment about how, you know, he's been there so long and he, he kind of thought he'd be captain. Like, do you think that's warranted or, you know, Tarasenko never really struck me as a leader. No. And I think him missing, he, I
1: mean, he really wasn't there for the playoff cup run. Like he played, he played minimally. Um, actually, no, I'm thinking of last year. Sorry. When he came back from LTIR, mm-hmm. I still think when O'Re- O'Reilly took that, t- put that team on his back and that, uh, in that playoff run I think that really did some like uh I think that built up his like reputation within the organization I think they already knew how good of a player he was but I think he kind of separated himself as like the guy and I think it was kind of like Scotty Upshaw even said it who's who was a former blue and has been in that organization like and knows all like the core players between like you know Petrangelo Steen guys that have been there, Bow meester I think all of them I mean I even think Petrangelo would have said he would have been the next captain but i i don't i think they're uh yeah i think you're right i don't think tarasenko strikes me as a, like a leader he's their probably the most skilled player in the team but i don't see him as the captain
0: yeah i was just gonna say just to uh, double tap on that like he's definitely a game breaker and he definitely deserving of an a but i don't think he's uh like yeah. full blown captain material and that's and that's not to like not to knock at him i just think o'reilly is better suited for that role okay. but uh let's let's top her off with the uh central division top of the list lightning blue jackets and hurricanes no surprise that the tampa bay lightning at top they're actually my pick for the cup i think they're gonna repeat uh okay. what do you guys think about this
1: I, uh, they, I mean, dude, they're the lightning. They don't even, they're still going to be, uh, still the best team in that division and they don't have Kucherov. Um, yeah. I can only imagine, uh, it's still crazy that they got away with all this shit with the um, the long-term IR to, with the cap situation. I, I'm not a big fan of that. And that kind of pissed me off, but they're still a great team. Uh, they're going to be fine. They're going to win the division. Was my They're my pick to win this division for sure.
2: Yeah, it worked out really well for them getting in this division. I mean, the league kind of handed them a layup there. So, I think they're going to do great. I think that Stamkos, if he can stay healthy, like he's one of the best players in the game. And I mean, that team—they, you know, uh, obviously it's the bulk of that team is Steve Eiserman's fingerprints all over it. But how often can you draft a franchise defenseman, a franchise goalie? and a franchise center and then you get like a one of the best players in the game in this late second round too like it's very rare that you see those yep. types of guys all get drafted it's usually you know you're making trades or you're you're signing free agents so yeah i think i think Tampa's is going to walk away with this this is probably the one division that i'm like i can guess on the first day of the season who's going to win it
1: yeah and absolutely fleece the montreal canadians
0: <laughs> yeah yeah Acorn's got such a hard on for the sergachev drew trade it gets warranted
2: yeah i think like when you look at that trade and i mean like this is what this is what bothers me maybe getting a little off topic but this is what bothers me about these young players that they come in and it's like i mean 10 15 years ago it was like we own you until you're 25 26 years old like yep. you're gonna do what we say yep. it, like drew was like what 2021 20, he like flies home he's like i'm not going to the rink like it was very you know you expect that from like a 16 year old in high school working at like your local grocery store but when you're a pro athlete to say you know my mom and dad said if i don't like it i can just go home great move getting rid of them because what's he done lately and meanwhile yeah. sergachev turned into a very good number two would be a number one on most teams and yep. uh and then they got him under uh, you know stupid no no state tax there they get all their guys on uh, yep. for pretty cheap um i will say and I I I don't know if this is a stigma. It seems like it's a lot of like
1: French players that have these issues, like Dubois, Drewen. There's some others,
2: but I don't know if that's just me being a little. Uh, is, that, is that bad? That's pretty racist, but okay. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, I, I, I I think I think in a way you, you're right because like like I guess like Evander Kane. I grew up playing against him. Like obviously we've seen what's what's happened with him the last. Basically, ten years. That, G- that GQ thing he did now looks so bad, and he's like, "I always have five hundred dollars
1: cash on me, <laughs> <laughs> like a
2: brick full of cash in my closet." But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it is a little bit. I to be honest, though, I think it's really just the new school way of these players. Like these kids are hyped up from twelve years old and yeah. and coddled, and then it's like when they actually face some kind of resistance. Yeah, like you know, they like score their all, Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I, I kind of was thinking. Torts and Yarmolke and with Dubois, those are that's that's a duo that can bury that kid for two years and not, like, not really lose any sleep, right? Yep. So I was kind of hoping they would do that because they're they're old school in a sense, like, yeah, both I, GM I, and coach, yeah. But I think it hurts the small like the smaller markets when you have a guy that's drafted homegrown by Columbus or like Winnipeg and
0: the yeah. player
2: goes, oh, I don't want to be there anymore. And I mean, for Drewan, it's you think how nice would his life be if he was still at Tampa Bay Lightning, but. He'd probably, have a cup. If he'd probably have a cup. He'd probably be playing second line minutes with like Palat and. Yep. I don't know who their number two center is, but Sorelli.
1: Yeah, that nasty too. Yeah, that's. Yeah, under. Like, I see. You know who I'm starting to compare him to now is uh, Philip Deneau. Anthony Sorelli? And- yeah. 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 Very similar in a sense. McKinnon even went out of his way to say how good uh, Deneau was off topic. He's saying he's one of the hardest players we've we had to play against, but um boys, uh going I mean another obvious Eric. You took
0: some shots at me. Let's get to your hawks. All right. All right. Well, you can't say that nobody saw this coming. Um <laughs> Blackhawks are uh one uh one, two and one to start the year. Um let's no just let's just here. look at the games. Look at let's just look at the games. 5-1 against the Lightning, 5-2 <laughs> against the Lightning, 5-2 against the Panthers, 5-4 against the Panthers, and then they first they got their first win um against the Red Wings last night. Goaltending in defense is such an issue. It it's so fucking stupid. Malcolm Subin is such a oh, dude. All right. Uh-huh. We, we talked about this last episode. Malcolm Subert Save of the Year candidate. Whatever, um yeah, man, this team like is just a farce, and I can't be mad because we got to see three cups out of them in six years, so I mean, this is bound to happen, um but some bright spots that I do see on this team are uh they're one of their goalies, Luke Conan, he got the win against the the wings last night. He looked pretty good though, like it wasn't just like, oh, you're playing Detroit, it was like he stopped a lot of big shots. From Detroit and I wouldn't say Detroit is necessarily you know garbage this year because they, they still have such a good top line and a bunch of young prospects but um, for the Blackhawks dude it's it's just lack of lack of depth and lack of guys who have NHL experience guys who play big minutes you're missing your core leadership with Seabrook uh, and Taze so it's really tough and you can't rely on Patrick Kane to do it all. I mean, last night, he looked like he could do it all again. Dude, just ringing crossbar for fun, like, doesn't really matter. But uh, this it, it is what it is, man. I We all expect Chicago to be, you know, dead last this year. Or, you know, in the running for a top five pick. So, I don't – that's all I can say about that, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one topic
1: I wanted to get to in this division, Keith Yandel. Um very controversial how'd you guys feel about that whole thing of him almost not, not being able to uh keep his iron man streak alive i think that was a really bad look by uh zito
2: yeah i mean first of all i think uh i'm starting to realize that you guys brought me on to lighten things up a bit because you two are both depressed about your teams but uh, <laughs> i don't think i'm as bad as he is <laughs> that was uh that was a very dark two minutes there lib um, yeah you know, I, I I agree with you though okay, I think definitely. that whole thing with Yandel was uh, was a bit of a joke like I think that you know yeah. the way that they handle a veteran guy take away the Ironman streak he still has played in this league for what like 12 years now something like that yeah. and for them to I mean the other thing I, I didn't understand is I'm like looking at their roster I'm going are you telling me there's six ah. other players there's <laughs> like six other blue liners that uh, are better than Keith Yandel I mean you know Ekblad's yeah. a player and But I like the fact, you know, he gets the goal. It was awesome to see. And then the way that the bench reacted to, I think it it was, it sent a message to the front office. Like there was a, there was a look. Did you see that? There was a look. But I mean like this, the way that the players reacted to I'm like that tells you this guy's loved in the room. The players love being around him and whatever, if they're trying to move him, fine, but don't threaten to ruin something that I'm sure he values very much uh, in that Ironman streak. Just to get him to say yes to a trade. Yeah, um, we
1: talked about that—the potential like landing spots if they do trade him. I said either Philly or Boston makes
2: sense. Would you agree with that one? Yeah, I think Boston, him being a hometown guy, and you guys lost Krug too. Yeah, and
0: it's a yeah. good
2: replacement. Yeah, that's—they're essentially like on on
1: paper, they're like the same player. You're gonna get, you know, in a fit 82 game season, you're probably gonna get 50 points with probably 45 assists. Um, yeah. And he's
2: he's got got, he's got a no is yeah like is it a full no move or can he kind of say? I think he's got a. I think there might be
1: certain teams. I think as I think as the contract started, I think it was full no move, but I think it has changed as the years have gone on. Like year whatever, I think
2: he's in year five of his deal. Yeah, like like what I heard up here in Canada, Elliot Friedman talked about. Like he loves it there, and his family loves it there. But if I'm Keith Yandle, I might almost just go to the GM and go, "Look, if you want to trade me, fine. I'm going to keep playing." Yep. you give me you know tell me when you have a trade worked out to the bruins or you know if he wants to go home and then let's make it happen right but don't yeah yep. like to take away 800 plus consecutive games yeah like if he actually got scratched i think yandle would have yandle would have
1: murdered the guy <laughs> i don't think he would have i just think he would have been like you have to fucking trade me now like i'm not playing no fuck you like i would have been pissed and like guys like Huberto and Barkov, fucking love him and I think, too, like Barkov being the captain, I think there was a lot, like, hey, like, and Quenville's usually not a, a coach to like dog veterans. I feel like he's got a, an affection for veterans in the room. So I don't think Quenville had any response, like, any, 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 like, influence for that to have, like, possibility of that to happen. I think Quenville wanted him to play.
0: Yeah. Quenville's a team coach. He, yeah. he Like you said, I couldn't have said it better. He loves vets, he loves those older guys. Um, Let's talk about a team, though, that got a slow start this season. And when I say slow, they actually got like four or five games postponed. The Dallas <laughs> Stars. Yeah. Absolute ass-thumping of the national creditors last night. <laughs> Joey, Joe Pavelski, four points. I was very
1: happy about that with my fantasy league. I have yeah, uh Berg.
2: I just checked the standings, and I don't know, Eric. You don't need to be too sad. I mean, Dallas is lower in the standings than Chicago. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're building off that cup run, right? And they got uh, Heiskanen on the blue line too, one of the best young players in the game. So nasty, so nasty. You know, another guy, when I saw him play live the first time, I was like, this kid is like, why is nobody talking about him? But um, yeah, I mean, they're a little bit of extra rest and they come out and they they win win big. (laughs) So, uh, and who knows, maybe, uh, you know, maybe that's what they needed. You know, all those guys, they get the antibodies in them and now it's smooth sailing from here on out. I don't know. Yeah for
1: sure. I'm I'm waiting for um and I I've I've mentioned this before. I have a very I, I love that kid, Gary Onoff. I think he's gonna be a stud. I don't think a lot of people know who he is yet, but he's a great
0: player. Yeah, man, he's good for about he scored twenty goals last year. I mean, he didn't have necessarily the points, but he had twenty goals. He looks pretty well, good in their in their playoff run.
2: I think with him, too, is he was kind of unlucky in the sense he was drafted in 2015 and, like, surrounded yeah. by a bunch of, like, already all-star players and yeah. it took him a little bit longer to hit his stride in the <laughs> NHL. But, I mean, there's something about that draft is, I think in 10 sure. years, we're going to be talking about it like we talk about the O three one. 3 one. Yeah, 100%. That
1: 03, uh, that 3
0: draft, holy shit. Just, uh, I hope I'm right on this, but just another guy the Boston Bruins passed up that year. <laughs> was three first he great yeah. that was I yeah. thought he was picked like ten was he like twelfth
2: let me let me check I think he might have been before those, those Bruins guys Are you think yep, you're right
0: twelfth overall, so he went one pick before the thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth, but still I, I I keep on my point but then there was the Shabbat and Besser and Connor and Aho and, and Barzell. <laughs> oh uh acorn Jacob Zaboral. Played his first NHL game the other week. <laughs> <laughs> so we got you got
1: Sineshin and Zaboro playing. Oh.
0: <laughs> and DeBrusque, you know, he's good for 40 points. <laughs> he did have a silky breakaway uh,
1: shoot-up move the other night. I will yeah. say that. I'm not a fan of him. I I still, I don't know. There's something about DeBrusque. I feel like if you're in Boston, you either hate him or love him. There's no, like, one side. I mean, our buddy Casey loves him. Not the guy couldn't. The guy could not score in the playoffs last year, especially in that Carolina series. It was embarrassing.
2: Well, it's like in Vancouver, Yo Levy finally made the Canucks, and like that yep. first game, he stopped uh, he stopped McDavid in the corner from from beating him wide, and then I think he stopped dry saddle like five seconds later. Mm-hmm. And I was texting my brother, and I was like, "See, better than Matthew Kachuk. Like, it's a good good thing they picked him <laughs> over Kachuk, man. Like, they got the right London night." um but yeah to your point about the stars though 100% man they're gonna be I think I I, how does this work so they they obviously postpone those games are they gonna have to make that up at the end of the year I think so they have to because there's no way you can have
1: teams like say like some teams are you know four or five games behind that's you know like potentially eight to ten points so that's I just don't think but it, it it sucks because it fucks with other teams traveling or traveling to like somehow fit that into your schedule and not like yeah, you know it's it's gonna be tough. I really hope back
0: to backs. Yeah, and I really hope yeah. this
1: doesn't keep happening because as as it keeps going on, it's just gonna get worse and worse. Especially for teams like like say, especially in, in Canada. Like say, if like Edmonton has to go to like Ottawa or like Ottawa has to go to Va- Vancouver or any of them, like that's that's gotta be hard on like just travel in that aspect.
2: I'm, I'm like, yeah, I mean, Canada's it's a different animal altogether, right? I mean, yeah. but I know like Montreal uh quebec city like they like they have a curfew which yeah i guess like maybe it makes sense if the premier thinks that because this originated from bats that the virus is nocturnal so we can't let people out at night i don't know the logic there but like i think it's just it's different in canada because yeah montreal started the year out west and so you're you're moving time zones you're trying to make that work and it's for the players it's got to be tough to adjust to that Also, Carolina's not playing right now.
1: They have a little bit of a COVID issue as well. I know that they're they've postponed their last two games. I'm not sure when. I think they should be back to playing early this upcoming week, but that's still another issue too. So that's two teams that you already have issues in this division. So that's gotta be a little tough for scheduling purposes.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think you know, and you know what's tough about, you know, potential like COVID postponements is like say a team's on a streak, man. That yeah. and you got to stop the streak to stop playing, like that yeah. That's a momentum killer in itself. Yeah, I going back to like the
1: shutdown, the hottest team in the league during that time was the Flyers. They were, re, they were steamrolling. And then that, that that's got to suck because it does kill momentum. But, um, looking at this division, boys, like who do you guys have as your X factor? Like, obviously, Tampa is probably the hands down the best team in the division, but who else do you take? Wait, are we in a different division? No, no, nope. sorry. It's- yeah, who would who would be your X Factor here besides the Lightning? i
2: would gonna say Nashville.
1: Nashville? Okay. Yeah, Nashville it's weird. I, I honestly forget they're in this I feel like they've fallen off as like a team you forget about. That sounds so
2: bad. As a on team. On paper would, like on yeah. paper they're really good, but it's yep. just that the last couple of years is you know, yep. like Kyle Turris was a failed experiment. Duchesne did not look good last year, so yeah. I don't know. If they can all kind of get it together then I think it'll I think they can make some noise.
1: Yeah, Duchesne looked like he was wearing 30-pound skates last year, especially <laughs> a guy that's been, like, known to, like, being a fast player. Um, Joe Hansen hasn't had the greatest of starts so far this year. It seems like he's no. fallen off a ton since, like, the – he was good for, like, that first couple of years. It's like Subban. They yeah. were good their first couple of years with Nashville, then as the time went on, they kind of just, like, are slowly depreciating. You know what Duchesne needs, bro? He needs his white skates back. <laughs> Those Reebok <laughs> ones. <laughs> Uh, Patty marlow ran out of his. He was using like those old school, like pump skates, but
0: uh, I think that's I think we covered everything. Yeah, Ryan, you got any ending thoughts?
2: I'm just happy hockey's back, guys. I mean, when it's no. uh, we're uh, we're bracing for a cold front here in Vancouver, and by a cold front, I mean, we'll get about six centimeters of snow over the course of three days, and uh, it's nice to have hockey on to watch. So, I'm, I'm just glad we have something to, to keep ourselves occupied.
1: Percent could have said it better. It's uh, it's just good to have hockey back and seeing seeing the superstars and yeah. Uh, I, I, I next thing you know, it's gonna be the playoffs and we're just gonna be like, what the fuck happened? I mean, who, who, Eric and I have a bet, pretty much going to see for the awards. Uh, uh who? Oh, you who, mean who, all Edmonton Euler awards? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you didn't know McDavid awards? Come on now. <laughs>
0: well, Larson of for the awards. North. Yeah, well, speaking of awards, Ryan, you know, quickly just kind of going down the list and what you've seen so far. Who, who are your picks? It, not to put you on the spot, but who, who do you think's going to run away with these awards?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I think McKinnon's the Hart Trophy winner right now. I think he's just the best player in the world, and I think he's uh, he's definitely the most valuable too to to, uh, to the Colorado Avalanche. And I think the players understand that as well. Vesna is like. Because we're, I mean, we're not that deep into the season. We're seeing so many back to back, so it's it's one A, one B situations. Vesna's gonna be tough this year. Like,
1: yeah, I had
2: to pick a goalie for my pool. I picked Markstrom, thinking he'd get most starts in Calgary, and then I didn't even think about it, but he's been splitting time. So um, yeah. goaltending's gonna be tough. And I think the Norris this year, Norris is kind of a one of those reputation awards. Yeah. I'd love bias, but uh, my boy John Carlson, I'll, I'd like to see JC get yeah. one. I thought he, I thought he had it locked
1: up last year at the half, and then Yossi just came back, or no, no, Hedman won it, right?
2: No, Yossi, Yossi won it, but but to yeah. your point though, like in a way, I'm glad that they kind of got back to the 200 foot defenseman and giving it to him because before it was like Carlson, you know, Brent Burns, and Eric Carlson guys get walked in their own zone, but they get yeah. 70 points. So yeah, it just sucked on a year that Carlson was actually on pace for like 90 points, and it's yeah. like, well, if you're gonna give it to the offensive defenseman, like there's your guy. Yeah, it's like going back to, I remember when Morgan Riley was like on pace for like 90 fucking points. (laughs) Dude, remember the one year Pasternak had like 26 goals in 26 games? I was like, he might do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who's your uh, pick for the Calder? I mean, I hate, I know you guys are going
2: to hate this. Caprizov, like in the first 10 days of the season. But I think Acorn and I were, uh, were Instagram video calling each other the other night and we talked about this. <laughs> we talked about this, like when you're 25 and you've played four or five years in the KHL, the second best league in the in the world, at that point, I don't know, like you're a pro, like you should know how to do this. And so I think he'll probably win it, but uh, wait for wait for Lafreniere. We'll give him a little bit more time here and see if he can't pick it up and, and then maybe he, he can come
0: out uh, with the rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have Lafreniere as my pick for this year. And then I think I went with Hedman for Norris. What about Jack Adams? <laughs> Peter Labulette. Honestly, yeah.
1: No, that that's a good one, honestly. First year, they've already had a good start. If they can sustain it, yeah, I, I
2: 100% can see him winning it. Oh, I mean, circle back in like two months and ask me these questions again, and I <laughs> might have different
0: answers, but i mean in the first like 10 days or so that's that's kind of what i see ryan just want to say thank you for coming on uh it's always a pleasure to have you on you actually just started a new podcast it's a solo venture um you want to drop uh the name in all your uh, social media handles yeah i'm uh i'm not very active on most social media like
2: instagram's the best way to reach me uh the show's called Hockey Talk. My last name is spelled H A W K, so it was a, kind of a gimme. Hockey Talk H H A W K E Y, and then talk. Um, and yeah, so Instagram's probably the best place to reach me. You can listen on Spotify and Apple. I do have Twitter and Facebook. I don't check it, so don't message me there. And uh, and yeah, I'm just uh, I'm excited. Uh, episodes are gonna be dropping every Tuesday, guys. So uh, next next week, actually, I want to publicly thank you, Lib, as well for helping me out with the editing on episode two because I uh I know I can do a lot of things, but technology
0: isn't one of them. So thank you. What can I say? I'm kind of uh an audio enthusiast myself. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um but yeah for those who are listening and those who you know are more into the interview style episodes, if you're looking for a really good uh episode, check out episode one of Ryan's um podcast. His first episode started off with a bang with Kelly Rudy. Phenomenal episode. A guy who played right at the tail end of the the Islanders dynasty in the 80s. Got to go to the Stanley Cup final. Kind of a heartbreaking story there. But overall, great episode. I've already said it to you before, and I'll say it again. That was awesome, man. Appreciate it. But, yeah, that'll do it for us. If you want to support us even further, we do have some brand T-shirts that are just – taking up space in acorns basement so if you want to buy a shirt and uh support us please please reach out to us dm us and we'll we'll get get you that
1: thanks guys appreciate it
0: all right take care